0: everyone, welcome to the first episode of Grim Tales from the Garden State, the show where we follow the dark stories and twisted threads that have been woven in the great state of New Jersey. I'm your host, Mrs. B, and today's story is about Heather Reynolds, a suburban South Jersey mom who decided that murder would be the solution to her relationship woes. Self-inflicted chaos just surrounds this woman, and apparently being a social worker taught her absolutely nothing about valuing family stability. But before we get started, here's today's terrifying tidbit. According to the American Journal of Psychiatry, the United States has the highest rate of filicide, or child murder, out of all other developed countries, and 61% of children who are murdered are killed by their parents. Okay, now on to today's story. Our story takes place in 2018 in Sicklerville, Camden County, a suburb of Philadelphia. Sicklerville is considered rural suburban and one of the larger towns in the county with 51,508 people. It gets an overall B rating on Niche.com and 80% of people own their homes and 65% have at least some college education. A third of the families there have children and crime is much lower than both the New Jersey and US average. Overall, it's a diverse, solid suburban area that, although it's completely unknown to crime, is not a, a crime-ridden town or area by any means. So Heather Reynolds lived in a town home on Marshall Court in, in Sicklerville. At 41 years old, Heather was a proud mother of three young boys and the wife of Joseph Reynolds. Her older two sons, Dominic and Joshua, were from a previous relationship, and Joseph had an additional three children from previous relationships who did not live with the family. Axel, the youngest, was the son of her and Joseph. Born in September of 2016, he was described as a happy, bubbly baby who loved music and dancing. Luann Fisher, a friend of the family who babysat him all the time, said he ruled the house and loved to play games and tricks on her. He was said to be his daddy's best friend. Heather went to school at the University of Florida where she majored in health science and then from 2001 to 2004, she attended the University of Pennsylvania for her master's in social work. She worked as a program director, therapist, and a clinical supervisor, or collectively a social worker, at It Takes a Family, which has locations in Cinnamon and Bridgeton. This company focuses on therapy and counseling for children, family, and marriages, Their mission is to approach therapy holistically and set children up to be well-adapted and emotionally functional to create a better future for society. Now, this company currently has a 2.5 rating on Google across 43 reviews, so I'll leave that up to you guys to decide if they were doing well overall with that message. On the outside, the Reynolds seem like your typical suburban family, but obviously, that's not the case because we're here. Joseph worked away from home a lot. It wasn't clear what he did for work, but whatever his occupation was, it caused him to take many trips throughout the year, leaving Heather to deal with the household by herself most of the time. She seemed like a wholesome mom who loved her husband and sons, but there was a growing resentment to her lifestyle. Moving on to the day of the crime, Heather was allegedly getting ready for work on May 10th, 2018, when she found her youngest son, 17-month-old Axel, unresponsive in his crib. So she, she scoops him up and runs outside with the toddler in her arms and she's screaming and crying for her neighbors to call 911 and she claimed that she couldn't call 911 because her phone had died. I'm not sure who goes to work with a dead phone, but okay. When the police finally arrived, they found Axel on a front lawn on the ground. Not his front lawn, but a nearby one. I don't know why she has put him on the ground outside or when she went from holding him to him not being in her arms, but all right. The cops noticed there were bruises all over Axel's face and there was a strong smell of isopropyl alcohol around his mouth. Unfortunately, Lil Axel was pronounced dead shortly afterwards. Although his death was suspicious, it was not initially ruled a homicide. The police said they were looking for a man who had been in the house previously, but the man was not her husband. They were trying to track down anybody who who had had access to the baby that morning. William Townsend, the chief of detectives at the Camden County Prosecutor's Office, said that anyone who was in that house that morning is a suspect. In a move that you would typically only see in a comedy movie or an SNL sketch, when Heather was being questioned by police about what happened, she said, it's not suspicious, I didn't do anything wrong. Whoa, no, no one said you did anything wrong or, you know, the culprit being you necessarily, but now it's looking more like you, honey. Over time, Heather was just becoming more and more suspect as police were investigating the case. When they were questioning Heather, she kept giving conflicting stories about what happened to Axel. She kept mixing up the time that she found him and how he gained access to the lethal chemicals and how he allegedly uh, drank them. Um, But witnesses of the situation noted that Heather was very obviously on drugs, meth specifically. The police found residue of the drug on her purse in a bag that was inside of her purse. She had allegedly been using the night before, as well as much earlier that same morning. I couldn't find anything that said when or why she started doing meth, but police determined that she had indeed been in possession of it. On December 17th, over seven months after Axel's passing, there was a a vigil held on what would have been his second birthday. Although Axel's life was being celebrated by the almost 70 attendees, the main point of the vigil was a call for justice for the young boy. His death seemed so random and senseless. For a healthy, sweet baby boy, there was no reason for him to have suddenly died like that with no real explanation. Everyone was just gushing over the impact the little Axel had in their lives. His grandmother described him as creative and reflected on how he would always follow his cousins around and he would light up when someone walked into the room. And the community had rallied around the screaming family. Heather was also at the vigil. People felt terrible for her because her youngest son had passed away unexpectedly and she had to just pick up the pieces afterwards. But since she did show up and her lawyer told her not to speak on her son's death, she tearfully remarked that she was sad that this was a vigil instead of a birthday party and she thanked people for coming out on the call to support her. Here, she gave her first interview to NJ Advanced Media. She, she just said that she hopes that they catch and charge whoever did this. During police questioning, she admitted that her boyfriend had been over the night before but had left hours before the incident with Axel. Boyfriend? Ma'am, you are whole ass married with three kids. What are you doing? And remember how I said her husband was away on trips a lot? He was away on a business trip when everything happened. And well, I guess this was how she was filling her time. At some point, Heather began having an affair with Jeffrey Callahan, a man from Clayton with a checkered past. Callahan was on probation for stalking and was convicted of four other felonies prior to this case even starting. This behavior was in stark contrast to the woman that she presented herself to be to her community and online. And although this admission was helping cops, you know, piece the story together, she was very quickly eliminating any other suspect other than herself. Also, y'all, as an aside, her husband Joseph mysteriously died November 5th, 2018, so about a month before the vigil. She wouldn't say how he died, but only said that he was in a lot of pain when he died. I'm not going to speculate on how Joseph died because I don't know if she meant physical, mental, or like emotional pain. But nonetheless, this had been a rough year for the Reynolds family, especially for their other two children who had lost both their baby brother and their stepfather in a six-month span. About a year later, the autopsy revealed that Axel's cause of death was asphyxiation, but the manner of death was homicide. On June 13, 2019, investigators finally arrested Heather Reynolds and charged her with first-degree murder, second-degree endangering the welfare of a child, third-degree possession of methamphetamine, and third-degree hindering apprehension in connection with the death of her son. It was discovered that the smell of isopropyl alcohol and acetone in his presence in Axel's system was due to Heather smothering him with a cleaning wipe. She then waited for him to fall unconscious before she ran outside screaming for help. Although the police had suspected her from the beginning, it took a long time to gather a strong enough case to officially charge her. Her boyfriend, Jeffrey, was also charged with the murder of the chub because they had both admitted to uh, the boyfriend being in the house the night before and the morning of the crime. They both pleaded not guilty. Assistant Prosecutor Peter Gallagher said about the crime, This was an absolutely brutal murder and a helpless victim. Upon reviewing the text messages from the night before the crime that Heather and Callahan had exchanged, they gathered that Axel was perceived as an obstacle to the affair. Apparently, Callahan had been losing interest in Heather, and witnesses claimed she was growing frustrated with his increasing distance from her. I'm not sure if Jeffrey said this directly, or if this is just what Heather had surmised, but Axel was being blamed for the cracks in the relationship. And this all makes absolutely no sense to me, because when I first heard about this crime, I was under the impression that Axel was her only child, but Heather had two other children, and the oldest one being around 11 at the time of the crime. Why was only Axel the problem? And if Jeffrey knew she had children and didn't want to be with someone who had children, then why was he dating her in the first place? But anyway, Gallagher also noted how Heather had attempted to cover up her crime. He said that she quote-unquote tried to cover her tracks by washing Axel's shirt and a towel before police arrived at her home. But Heather's lawyer, Michael Testa, insisted that his client was innocent, that she was just a grieving mother who had struggled with addiction and was in the process of coping with both her son and her husband's untimely deaths. Her other attorney, Richard Fushino, claimed that not only had Heather attempted to revive Axel with CPR before she ran outside for help, but that it was much more likely that Dominic Caruso, Heather's ex-boyfriend, who was living in their basement for some reason, had killed young Axel. Okay. Fushino alleged that Crusoe killed Axel while Heather, Heather was asleep. So we see this was Fushino's attempt to plant reasonable doubt in the minds of the jury. Crusoe also had given conflicting accounts of where he was on the morning that Axel died, but Heather herself said that no one else was in the home at the time of the crime. Also, Crusoe had no motive to kill Axel and was never implicated, either Heather or Callahan, so he was never charged. In an interesting twist of the case, Her lawyers also tried to pin the murder on Callahan, so they were basically just throwing stuff on the wall and hoping that something stuck. The trial lasted nine days, and after six hours across two days, the jury finally came to the decision. Guilty. On July 31st, 2022, Heather Reynolds, now 45 years old, was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility for parole for the murder of Axel Reynolds and concurrent terms of eight years for endangering a child and four years for possession of methamphetamine. Justice. Yay. But it's not over. There's a whole other section to this train wreck of a case. On September 16th, 2019, while the police were investigating Axel's death, they discovered Heather's boyfriend's murder for hire plot against the ex-boyfriend in the basement, Dominic Caruso. Both Heather and Callahan were charged with conspiracy to commit murder in May of 2021. This time, Callahan was the driver of the shenanigans. He allegedly solicited a hitman for $25,000 to kill Caruso after he had spoken to the police about Axel's death. He could have been implicating Heather, which would have been very bad news for the couple. Callahan sent him threatening text messages, and on social media, Callahan allegedly referred to Caruso as a dead man walking and said he wanted to put a bullet in his head. Callahan was also recorded saying he wanted Caruso dead and Heather's family had the money to pay for it. A witness claimed that Callahan said the individual would be dealt with after the ongoing case was finished because it would have been too obvious if something were to happen before the trial. Yeah, because if it happened right after the trial, that makes it somewhat less suspicious. But Callahan took a plea deal, and he pleaded guilty to lesser charges of tampering with evidence. Heather was acquitted on these charges, not that she needed any additional reasons to be locked away in prison forever. And I don't think Callahan was convicted of Axel's murder, so... That was a fun little detour. This couple was just a match made in hell, I guess. This may sound trivial, but the relationship between Heather and Callahan is at the crux of this case. You can't force a relationship to work, and your children should always be your first priority. You can't be with someone who doesn't like or want kids if you have kids. The only solution should be just to date somebody else. A child is a permanent fixture in your life, but because Heather couldn't see that, poor Axel never gets a chance to grow up. Now her two older sons left out a mom, a dad, and a baby brother. I feel horrible for them. Also because I can't imagine how they were treated by a mother like that. I hope their biological father or other family members were able to take them in because they need all the support they can get. And knowing what we know now about Heather, it's pretty dark that her educational and professional career were all pointed towards child enrichment and growth. She was a social worker whose main job is to ensure the health and safety of children but clearly she had no intentions of bringing work home with her. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Grim Tales from the Garden State. I'll see you all next week. Goodbye!